630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. There is a lot of sports on television as we bring Curtis Stock in to talk about a variety of stuff, but we'll focus on the uh, Canadian Dirt. But I, I see that I, I know there's a generation of people who are probably sick of hearing of this, but I know there's a generation of people who are just like me. One game on Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday and maybe, well, probably one Oilers game on a weeknight, but maybe not every week. You remember those days. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that was it. The, the interesting thing for me is, too, Curtis, is there are probably spectacular plays that Wayne Gretzky made <laughs> that there is no tape of. Probably. Because right. some American rinks wouldn't have had a Jumbotron. Right. Might have not had anybody really too worried about. Like, they would have had maybe game tape, but that's about it. I remember him stick-handling a puck in midair, and uh, I never saw a replay of it, you know, ever again. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I couldn't believe I'd saw it. But it, the puck was in the air, and he stick-handled it in midair. He was a pretty good hockey player. He was, he was pretty good. If you never saw Gretzky, you, you can find some stuff on YouTube. I was watching the goal on Mike Vernon a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shorthanded, perfect placement over the shoulder. Yeah. Go up two nothing in the series, and they and they rolled on from there. Curtis, thanks for stopping by. Canadian Derby's on Sunday. We want to get to that. Uh, you and I got to golf together. Um, well, that was that we were just talking. Yeah, we were together at the Country Club yeah, for the, the media day Club, for yeah. the McKenzie. You are uh, a pretty good golfer. Sometimes. Well, maybe. I would have been thrilled to shoot the <laughs> score you shot that day, and you weren't totally totally happy with it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, I don't know. I've had my troubles this year. I don't know. I've lost about 20 yards off my drive somewhere. I looked in the phone book. I can't find it. <laughs> looked on YouTube. I can't find it. That's amazing you still have a phone book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> don't look there, Curtis. That's no right. one puts no. anything there anymore. That's right. Yeah, it's empty. Do, were you, were, did you golf ever since you were a kid? Or yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Well, since I was about, uh, well, in grade sevens when I started, and uh, I golfed at Chaganapi in Calgary, and my membership cost me $20 for the year. <laughs> Jeez. 20 bucks, and I got a locker. A locker came with it. 20 that's, bucks. That's amazing. So I played every day, and my mom would make me a lunch, and uh, I'd just go, and we'd go around. There'd be three of us, and we'd go around and around and around and around and around. Man, nonstop. did you ever take lessons, or you just figure it out? Oh, I've taken some different lessons, yeah. Yeah, from different pros, you know, like uh, writing the golf for the, the journal and now and the sun, you know, like I used to do golf tips. So there's a lot of golf tips that uh, I asked them to help me. Yeah, well, you might as well. Are you, you, know, are you still doing the hole-in-one updates? I, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Those are great. Yeah, they still keep coming in, yeah. Yeah, there's been some doozies on those. There's one guy two weeks ago got a hole-in-one on the first hole at Fortinview, and it's a par four. Oh, wow. So he just bombed it. Yeah, he bombed it over the trees on the left side. Wow. Okay, you got to tell the story you were telling off off air about the winner of the, oh, the, the 1932 by Bateman Open last weekend. Yeah, well, Taylor Pendrith on the 17th hole at the Country Club. The hole is 550 yards long, 550 yards long. It's a little bit of a dogleg left at the end, and he eagled it. And I said to him, I said, what did you hit in there? And he kind of gave me a little smile, and he said gap wedge so he hit driver gap wedge to 10 feet on a 550 yard par five i mean that's just so sick. what what's what's gonna happen with these i don't courses? know what's gonna happen you know the courses they can't get stretching them out because no, there's only know, so much talking room. like you know 430 yard par four for us is long yeah you know for those guys is nothing so do they standardize the ball for the pros only Right. You know, and they can't do it just for the general public because, 
Well, merchandise sales alone, they'd, uh, they'd go dry. But so we, you know, you can't penalize the, the you know, the average day-to-day golfer. Well, I mean, we all know how Augusta purchased land and lengthened yeah. out. I mean, I think they because there's Augusta National and the Augusta Country Club is right next to it. I think they yeah. bought some land from the Country Club to push tees back. We've seen courses in the United States built almost specifically to host U.S. Opens. Aaron Hills, yeah. they came right out and said the original billionaire that built it and then another billionaire bought it and finished it, I yeah. think. Yeah. And then there was uh, Chambers Bay by Seattle, yeah. which, by the way, that was a horrific... Like, did you actually... I, I hated that course for the U.S. Open. I never played it, so... But we, well, I we were watching it. It, it was very yeah. gimmicky. It was. It seemed to be anyway. But yeah, and that's the thing. There's such a gap now. I mean, the thing is, there's there's a huge gap between any pro athlete and average guys like us the thing is we're not going to play against nhlers but we could play the same course the pros play right but they can adjust our yardage but like you said there's a point with the tee boxes but still if they're that much harder for the pros that still trickles down and makes it that much harder and perhaps unenjoyable for the average golfer yeah yeah and pender he shot a 62 that day that was the course record, course wasn't it? Course record, yeah. Was that the Saturday round he set the record? No, on the Sunday. It was on the, the last su- Oh, because he started back off he the He was leaf. four shots back to start, and then he went to Calgary, and he shot a 62 again in the first round of the one in Calgary. It's back-to-back 62s. Back-to-back 62s. Edmonton's Will Bateman tied for 10th? He played tremendous, you know, like, uh, he was a great story, and, uh, he's, you know, he's really changed his mental approach to the game. He's really worked hard. He's putted a lot he's practiced a lot he runs every day a couple miles and mostly it's his mental approach now that he doesn't get upset when he you know when he makes a bad shot yeah he just thinks you know this is a chance now i gotta get something back yeah all right and uh i'll, I'll wrap it up the golf talk up with this if you're talking about how to get the everyday player to keep playing golf for new people to keep playing it i went and played pine ridge by seba beach the 12-hole course oh yeah do you yeah. Do you think that might be a trend? I think for sure, because, you know, you go out now, and four hours is, is playing pretty quick for a lot of these courses. A lot of times you're out there for four and a half hours. You take the drive to get there, you know, if you have a drink or two afterwards. You know, you're talking about, you know, almost a full day. Mm-mm. It's a lot. And, you know, by the 12th hole, I'm getting tired, too. 12 holes would be good for me. Well, and you and I play Riverside, so we've gone uphill a couple of times. Yeah, right. <laughs> to get to eight. We've gone downhill. <laughs> there you've too. gone downhill a couple of times. Curtis Stock is uh, is in studio. Okay, Canadian Derby is uh, Sunday at, at the new track, the Century Mile. Yep. So tell me before we maybe get into some details, and if, and you know I'm going to ask you for your recommendation before we go, but we'll, no, we'll do that yet. Yeah. Well, you're never you're never wrong. <laughs> That we remember. Yeah, we remember, yeah. So how is this race going to look differently? How is it, how is it going to look different on the new track as opposed to what we saw at Northlands for decades? Well, it's a mile track, and Northlands was a 5.8 a mile track, so it's almost twice the size of what Northlands was. So Northlands was way more intimate, if you know what I mean, but you could see the horses all the time. Now when the horses are down the backstretch, you pretty well got to watch the Jumbotron, you know, to, to see where they are or the TV if you're inside, but there's a big infield jumbotron, mm-hmm. and you watch, I watch when they go down the backstretcher on the, on the jumbotron, and, and then watch them when they, you know, turn for home, and it's a long stretch, it's a quarter mile stretch, so it's, it's a different game, I mean, um, horses now, they don't get into as much trouble as they used to on a 5 eighths mile track, because there's more room, right, there's more room everywhere. So could, could this more likely 
well, I don't, this might this might sound dumb because a lot of races are decided in, in the last eighth or, or or but is it more likely on this type of a track that there's a late charge? There should be, but there hasn't been, okay. um, and that's uh, maybe a little bit uh, paradoxical. But uh, um, you'd think that you know, with a longer stretch, that you'd see more action towards the end. But it's a, it's a speed favoring track. It's Northlands was a speed bias track, and Century Mile is a speed bias track. So the horses that get to the top early are the ones that are often, most often there at the finish line okay is it my uh so the race is a mile and three eighths a mile and a quarter mile and a quarter sorry yeah, it so was a mile s- and three eighths but they can't start at a mile and three eighths because it would be on the turn now so they got to start it around on the no they started on the just up the stretch at the top of the stretch they'll start it it'll be a mile. oh sorry right so like where a hundred meter race would start if it were a track yeah in that, sort of. that well, not sort really, of. a little further down a little than further that, down. <laughs> okay i got you yeah so then they come in front of you and then yeah, they, do they go in the back and stretch and then they come back down the stretch all right i, I want to talk to you a little bit about about the field we are going to get your recommendation for betters because i i've told this story i still remember this when i was in high school in 1991 you picked the penguins <laughs> to win the stanley cup when no one else did yeah and then the next year you picked them again and they won again and since that time, you have never been wrong. 28, 28 years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Curtis, I wish. <laughs> Curtis Stock in studio on Inside Sports. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Blue Jays uh, lost earlier today 7-3 to the Rangers. Bo Bichette with a double. Curtis, I don't know if you picked this guy up in your fantasy baseball, your rotisserie league. I'm not in a baseball one this year. I actually, I finally stopped doing the baseball because the yeah, football and the hockey were enough. But yeah. uh, Bobachet has played 17 major league baseball games. Yeah, he has reached base in all of them. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And the Blue Jays are 11 and six in the games he's played. Yeah, uh, far too late for this season, but yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. They got Guerrero. And yeah. they had uh, Bijou, so they got three sons of pretty good players. Yeah, oh, yeah. three sons of great players. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees beat Baltimore 6-5. They have a 16-game <laughs> winning streak against Baltimore. Oh, yeah, my. And how many home runs have they hit against Baltimore? Uh, it's over 60, I think. It's unbelievable. Yeah, this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Baltimore going up against the Yankees. Oh, oh. can I go home now? <laughs> Let's just cancel this game. Well, they had to play that game in Baltimore with no fans because of the riots a couple years ago. That's we right. shouldn't laugh at that, but it was kind of odd right. uh, listening to the play-by-play. Okay, Curtis Stock is uh, in studio, longtime sports writer uh, here in Edmonton, and we were talking about some golf. He was covering the McKenzie Tour Stop at the Country Club, the 1932 by Bateman Open. He's gearing up for that. What, what, what time are they going on Sunday? Is it th- well, first post is 145. The Derby is at 10 race on the 10 race card so i don't know exactly okay. what time it is so it's the probably about five o'clock or something around 5 p.m for sure how many horses do we have this year 12 got a full field of 12 which is good and it's uh i've only seen about 40 of these derbies so <laughs> <laughs> i think this is the best field i've ever had and there's really yeah and how come there's quality horses there's horses that have come from all over the place for this race including the horse is going to win it all. Do you want the name now, or do you want to hold on? Yeah, we can give it now, because then I'll ask you for your exactor later. Okay, Final Jeopardy. I mean, this... Well, great name. Yeah, it's, it's a great name. This horse ran second in the Dwyer Stakes in his last start. Okay. He ran second to a horse called Code of Honor. Code of Honor was placed second in the Kentucky Derby. Code of Honor won the Fountain of View Stakes in Florida. And, uh, I mean, this is... 
Code of Honor is going to run in the Travers, which is the summer derby in mm-hmm. next weekend. I mean, he ran second to a horse this good. I mean, this is an elite horse. Where Where is he from? From uh, From uh, New York. Okay. He, well, he raced in Gulfstream first, then he raced at Aqueduct, and his last two starts have been at Belmont, in New York. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, and because I, I and so and sometimes people ask me this and, and for someone who's been immersed in racing most of your life it might seem like a silly question but you know for maybe the average fan and when people ask me i i always sort of feel, feel like i have a half answer so how does a horse get in the derby because people will say well do they have to like qualify or there yeah. play downs to get in well can you just have enough money and get in how does it work it depends like the kentucky derby and this derby if there's more than 12 horses they go by earnings in the, in the kentucky derby it's a top 20 money winners get in mm-hmm. and in the uh, Canadian Derby the top 12 money winners get in okay so if there was more horses than 12 that entered then they would have had it gone by money earnings okay so that's how somebody's somebody's calling you it's seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. if you want to talk to Curtis <laughs> on air uh, or you can text six thirty six thirty. final jeopardy is his pick okay so if if 30 horses if 30 owners wanted to get their horses into the canadian derby yeah then they would say okay we're just going to see who's had the best season basically in terms of money by no, money yeah. no it's not is it is it still the manitoba derby that's a bit of a telling race for the canadian derby as well no there's no horse that's running in the uh, canadian derby that, that ran in the manitoba derby didn't it used to be that way it used to be that way yeah okay but the uh, the horse that won the manitoba derby it was a horse called oil change and he's trained by robertino diodoro and robertino diodoro has brought two different horses for this race okay all right and so do we have any alberta horses oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no there's several alberta horses in the race and court and including uh, best dressed uh, bow uh, sharp dress bow who uh, is the best local horse here. So has he been um, running Century Mile all summer? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He won uh, two of the prep races. Is he that won... with Count Latham? Is that Count still Latham one of the big one ones? Count Latham was one of them okay. in Western Canada, yeah. And, okay, so so I got a dr- best-dressed bow. Somebody really wants to get a hold of you. It's my daughter. <laughs> is she listening? <laughs> I hope not. I hope, she's, I hope she's okay. Do you want it? We can break if you really need to take it. No, that's You're okay. okay. All right. Uh, so best dressed bow is, we. Uh, that's a Alberta horse. Yeah, he's got a post 12. He's got, you know, a tough post. Okay, so how how much is the, the post matter now? It doesn't matter a lot in a mile and a quarter race and with a mile stretch because there's a lot of room for them to get over to where they want to be, right? Okay. All right, so he's he's on the outside. Who's the hot jockey going in? Uh, well, I guess some of the outside horses are bringing their own. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so it's hard to say. But uh, uh, Rigo Sarmiento is uh, is is riding Final Jeopardy, and he's one of the top riders here. So okay. All right, so well, I'll wait till I get your exactor pick. How would you? Because we've you, you've come in every summer now. I think at least three summers in a, in a row. So we've been talking about what was first a potential move away from Northlands to a new track. Yeah. Now they're at the new track. It's yeah. been almost a full season there. Yeah. Hits and misses, I guess, for you with the move. Yeah, I mean, I I really did like Northlands when, you know, especially in the 70s, you know, I'm going back a long time, but when they used to bet a million dollars every Saturday. And that was all on the races at Northlands. There was no simulcasting. There was no, you know, uh, betting off track. It was all money bet at the track, and they bet a million dollars every Saturday at Northlands. And on Friday nights, they'd bet 800000 Wow. It was, it was a place to be. So, you know, that really changed, and it really went downhill. 
And then uh, Northlands wanted out, and uh, so the Horse Racing Alberta had to make a decision, and they got uh, they put it out for bids, and they gave it to Century Mile. Uh, how's the location treating people? Because that was a concern, a little less central. Well, it is. They're getting crowds. They're getting crowds. There's people there, but they're not betting. And I don't know if it's because the people that are going there uh, are newcomers, you know, mm -hmm. who don't know how to bet, um, that need someone to teach them how to bet, and I think that's a big part, part of it. Um, people that are, you know, go to the casino and then go out every once in a while and watch a couple horse races. Um, but the handle has not been very good. Okay. And the, and the fields have been short, but sa Saturday and Sunday's card are all full. Okay, that's good. Yeah, they're but, really good cards on Saturday and Sunday. I, I think you make a good point. I mean, I know how to bet on the horses, maybe not the super complicated ones, but certainly your basics. But but I, I think a lot of people, well, wh what do I do? Do I just pick a horse to win? Well, you can. Yeah. But why don't you pick a horse to finish in the top three to show or, or whatever? But so that's, I, I think maybe that is, a, is an obstacle. You've lost some of the education over the last couple of generations where it's not the terminology of the sport isn't ingrained anymore yeah i think that's largely true um but there are tracks that are doing very well you know like in new york like you know aqueduct and belmont are doing sure. very well santa anita does well um gulf streams doing really well as far as handle so there's tracks that are doing well okay curtis stock has picked final jeopardy yep to win the canadian derby yeah what right. is your exactor I think you got to go with Explode. Uh, I watched him run last time, and he beat uh, beat the local horses here last time. Um, and he's won his previous two races in Vancouver uh, very easily. And he just got up to win the last start, um, and it was against a filly that ran her eyeballs out. But uh, they, uh, I think the Explode will be very tough again. And who is your long shot special? My long shot special, I actually have one, is flat out winner. And he'll be about 20 or 30 to 1. Okay. But in his last start, he got into trouble. Uh, he didn't like where the mud was. And he ducked in and he got off to a bad start. And then he, I like the way he finished at the end. And I think he's got a shot and he'll be a big price. All right, I'm going to tweet these out, Curtis. Okay. Final Jeopardy with Explode for the Exactor and your long shot flat out winner. winner. Yeah. Uh, so it would start Sunday around 1.30 is when the cart starts? One, 145. 145, sorry. On Saturday and Sunday, yeah. And the Derby is the 10th race on the 10 race cart. It's going to be fun. Curtis, uh, I was great golfing with you this summer. I don't yeah, get to see fun. you in person a lot, but I, I love when we do, and I really appreciate that you make time to come in tonight. No problem. Thank you. That is Curtis Stock getting you ready for the Canadian Derby on Sunday and uh, a nice uh, little dose of golf talk there as well. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.